The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. The Word of God for this morning's sermon is based on this prophecy that, that we beg God for in that hymn, Come, O Come, Emmanuel. From Isaiah chapter 7, just, just a few short verses. We'll begin reading there at verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign. Whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call Him Emmanuel. This is the word of the Lord. You would never mistake Isaiah's prophecy here for a novel. We don't get any of the lyric details. We don't get any of the provocative storytelling. And, and believe me, there's a story here. Have you ever read about Ahaz in, in Kings or in Judges? There's a story here. You know, his granddaddy, was, he was named Uzziah. That was his name. And, and he was a great king. He was, you might say, the man. I mean, of all the kings of Israel... Solomon, you might say, was the greatest. His, his splendor was with, without rival, but Uzziah was a close second. You know, historians say that Uzziah's reigns was literally the, the, the silver age of Israel. He extended the borders. He did massive building projects. He even invented new military technology. He was known because he put catapults on the walls of Jerusalem. He was the man. And more than that, he was a believer. He was a, he was a man of God. That's Ahaz's granddaddy. Ahaz's daddy, his father was named Jotham, and he was a good man too. He continued to the brilliant reign that his father had had and even extended the borders even further. But Ahaz was a different story. He was an absolute disaster. He was a wicked king, we're told. He turned from the Lord. He, he turned to the Lord so far that he actually took some of his children and one night he started a bonfire and he burned him to the god Moloch. He was a wicked man. It's said that, that during the wars that King Ahaz fought, he lost more men 
than all of World War I combined. He was a bad king. And he lost so much territory that he, at this point in his life, he was ruling over like a postage stamp. Like, like his rule and reign extended about, about as far as the borders of Woodside, New York. I mean, uh, Uzziah was the man and Jotham was a good king, but, but Ahaz was a bad king. A disaster of a king, but, but Isaiah doesn't care to tell us any of that. He's not interested in the lurid details. Instead, what he gives to us today is, is a little tiny snippet of a con conversation. A pastoral conversation, we might say, between a king and his prophet, between a member and his pastor. And i got to tell you that, that, that this kind of thing in the book of Isaiah is, is very rare. This is a big deal. I mean, if you sit down and read the book of Isaiah, what you're going to get is oracle, and then vision, and then you're going to get prophecy, and then you're going to get oracle, and vision, and prophecy until your eyes are burning and your brain is shut off. Isaiah is a hard book to read, but, but right here, as if out of nowhere, we're going to get this dialogue. We're going to get this little tiny conversation. And I want to get into the margins today of this conversation. I want you to see everything that God had for Ahaz here and everything that God has for you in this conversation. And to do that, I want you to be asking yourself this question. The same question that Ahaz should have been asking himself. What do you do when God speaks to you? I want you to think about that this morning. Whoa, I lost my glasses. <laughs> I guess I need to settle down. What do you do when God speaks to you? And the Spirit wants three responses for me this morning. First of all, that you would recognize that God is speaking to you. Secondly, that, that you would obey the voice of God that is speaking to you. And thirdly, that you would trust this voice of God that is speaking to you. I want to talk to you about that first point. We're asking this question, what is... What do you do when God speaks to you? Well, I want you to recognize the voice of God. See, Isaiah here knew that Ahaz had all of these different voices speaking to, you, to him about really what was a crisis situation for his kingdom. And way on the left, there were the voices that were saying, Ahaz, you need to ally yourself with this up-and-coming world power called Assyria. And then there were the voices way on the right that were saying, Ahaz, what are you thinking? You know, allying yourself with Assyria, you need to ally yourself with Ephraim and with Syria. And I, I bet they even mocked him. Ahaz in Assyria, sitting in a tree. You know the song, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. I mean, this, this, he had so many voices in his life, I bet he didn't even know which one to trust. 
And then there was a third voice in his life. And it was the voice of Isaiah. That came to him with a totally different idea. Ahaz, don't trust in Assyria. Ahaz, don't trust in Ephraim or Syria. Ahaz, trust in your God. Look at verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Now I want you to understand that, that, that when the Lord comes to Ahaz, He's not coming to Ahaz in the middle of the night in this dream or in this vision. And it's not like the Lord had swept Ahaz up to the seventh heaven and they're having this direct conversation with God. Instead, the Lord spoke to Ahaz how? Through a humble man named Isaiah. I think you need to understand that. That God speaks through His Word. And God speaks through His called prophets. Isn't that true? And we need to recognize that voice in our lives. Now think about this. I want to draw back and look at our situation. We are in an unprecedented situation in my lifetime at least, here in the United States of America. Voices are shouting, right? Voices on the right and voices on the left. You need to be obedient to me. You need to listen to my truth. I mean, the Trump presidency has, has, has almost opened up these cracks and made us aware of the fact that we don't know what to trust anymore. We don't know who to trust. I like to listen to NPR radio. Maybe you guys do too. But NPR actually makes this really bold claim about itself repeatedly. Like, if you wanted the voice of journalism and the voice of truth and the voice of reason and fact, you got to listen to us. That's what they say. And then Facebook and Twitter, they've gone beyond anything I've seen before. And now they're, they're so true that they are so, so, so confident that they have the truth that they're now censoring those that they don't think have the truth. And then people on the right, they're joining other social media platforms like Parler, and they're going to other news websites because they think that they have their truth. Right? How, amongst all the voices shouting, we're the real truth, are you going to know when God speaks to you? Well, I'm going to make a really bold claim here this morning, just like everybody else. When somebody comes to you who's been called to bring to you the Word of God, and when this person who's been called to bring you the Word of God actually brings you the Word of God, you know what you can say to yourself? Well, now I know God's truth. That's an authentic truth. I can promise you this. I've got opinions about politics. I've got opinions about what right and left, but I don't share any of that from this pulpit, do I? I come to you with the very Word of God. 
In fact, this is my promise to you, and I think what we need to do as a ministry here in this time of, of like anti-truth is we need to be a sola scriptura church. We always have been. We're going to come to you with the very Word of God and only the Word of God. We're going to live, we might say, in verse 10 there. Right, right there in verse 10 that says, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, but I want you to put in your own name. Again, the Word spoke to. Again, every single Sunday. You can recognize the authentic Word of God. You can recognize the voice of your good shepherd Jesus who lived and died for you. That's my first point. And look at that. We haven't made that far. We've just gotten into verse 10. But I want to get farther than that. I want you not only to recognize the voice of God in your life, I want you also to be obedient to it. Look at, look at what Isaiah says to Ahaz. He says, ask the Lord your God for a sign. Whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. I mean, this right here, this is an act of God's grace. You know, we have enough in His Word, but God says, okay, for the disobedient and rebellious heart, I'm going to offer a sign. I'm going to prove it to them. He says, Ahaz, ask for any sign. You know, if you want to, ask to be able to ride T-Rex. You know, that kind of sign. Or, or, or ask God to change a princess into a frog. Prove it to you, he says. Or, or ask Ahaz, ask God that everything that you'll touch will just turn to gold. Or ask God to, to raise up your granddaddy king, Uzziah. Ask for any sign. It can be in Sheol. It can be up to the highest heavens. Ask for anything. And this is one of the most disappointing, the most disappointing answers in all of Scripture. Because right here, Ahaz had the chance to ask for the sign that would convince any doubting heart that God is true to His Word. But Ahaz says, no. In fact, what Ahaz says is, I'm not going to put the Lord to the test. Now, can you think of another Bible story that ends in the same way? Do you remember, do you remember Jesus when, when Satan himself whisked him up to the top of the temple, the pinnacle of the temple, and Satan said, throw yourself down, and then Jesus said, no, I won't do it. I won't put the Lord, my God, to the test. Do you see then how Ahaz is treating the Lord's prophet? He's saying, Isaiah, you're tempting me. He's saying, God, you're not the true God. You're the enemy. You're Satan himself. Do you see what happens then when we not only don't recognize the voice of God, but when we're disobedient to it? We treat God like He's our enemy. We treat God like He is Satan Himself. And guess what? We don't want to do that. Trust me, you don't want to do that. Ahaz does that here. And God judges him. 
Make no mistake about it. The sign of Isaiah and the sign of Emmanuel is a sign of judgment on all who do not trust and obey the voice of God in their life. Isaiah says to Ahaz, you know what? I'm going to castrate you then spiritually. You come from a good line, right? You come from Uzziah. You come from Jotham. You co- we can trace your line all the way back to David, but i got to tell you something, Ahaz. You are not going to be able to help to bring about this immaculate, incredible conception because it's going to come about through a virgin birth. Make no mistake about it. That is a judgment on Ahaz. And I'm going to be honest with you today. Because I want to come at you with the Word the way that Isaiah comes to Ahaz. One of the things that I do as a pastor is I sit with people. And I listen to people. Maybe I've sat with you recently. And I listen to people's stories. What's going on in your life? Sometimes people talk so long that I begin to wonder, I wonder if this person is going to ask me, ask me next, Pastor, now that you've heard my story, What Word of God can you bring to my life? Pastor, the world is this way. Can you show me in the Word of God how I should respond? And there are times when I'm having these conversations where we never get to that point. People don't ask me, Pastor, what does the Word say? How can I line my life with the Word of God? How can I have more faith and hope and love? And I begin to wonder, is it because they have it all figured out? Is it because they don't want to know what the Word of God says? You know, I I, I saw this Facebook video not too long ago, and it was absolutely going wild. There's this woman, she thought she had it all figured out. Like, she had it all pinned down. She thought... My boyfriend is cheating on me. So the video starts, and she's standing outside this coffee shop, right? Maybe you've seen this video. And inside, the boyfriend's meeting with this other woman. And we're all led to believe, oh my goodness, there's this affair going on. And the woman walks into the coffee shop. She's going to confront her boyfriend and this terrible thing that he's done. And, And she starts yelling and screaming. And then... The, the, the woman stands up and you see in the video, oh my goodness, she's pregnant. Now it even gets worse, right? The pregnant woman storms off and the boyfriend finally gets a word in and says, she's a party planner. We were planning a party for you. The point of the story is this. That sometimes we really don't get it. Sometimes we don't understand the world the way God sees the world. Sometimes we don't, we're listening to all the wrong voices and we refuse to listen to the one voice that God has called into our life to bring us the Word of God. 
we need to not only recognize the voice, but obey the voice and go even one step further. We need to trust that voice. What if I could tell you that I could prove it to you? What if, I could, what if I told you that I could prove to you that what we have in the Word of God is a trustworthy Word that, that promises have been kept? What if, I could, what if I could give you a sign? And, and, and what if the sign was so miraculous? Like, like what if the sign was this? What if, what if the sign was, you have to trust the Word of God if I can show you that a woman gets pregnant without the help of a man? I'm not going to go into all the birds and the bees because <laughs> I don't want all the parents out there have to go home and explain this all to the little kids. But what if, what if I could give you a sign where, where a woman gets pregnant and she's a virgin? What, what if in addition to that sign, in this same pregnancy, there's born a baby and the baby is God. <laughs> Think about that. What if a virgin gets pregnant and the only name that is worthy of him is Emmanuel, God with us? And what if this baby grows up and, and when he touches somebody's ear, you know, the ear that's broken, he fixes it. And, and what if just by speaking a word, he can raise the dead? And, and what if there's, there's never been seen in such a baby a love for the world that, that he would spread out his hands and die for us? What if, what if I could give you a sign where this same baby would grow up and say, after three days, I will certainly raise up this temple again and be victorious over sin, death, and the devil? What if I could show you that, that that really happened? Would you then trust the Word? Your God must love you. He really must. Think about all the gifts that He's given to you this morning. He gives you the Word of God. He gives you signs. He gives you pastors, people to bring you the Word of God. But even more than that, He gives you Himself. You see that? He comes down. All of God becomes incarnate in Christ. He gives you all of Himself. More than that, He gives you His very last breath. Can you trust His Word then? Or if we go back to our original question. What are you going to do when God speaks to you? Amen.